Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, founder of Talk Cosmos, Conversations Awakening the Authentic Self for Soul Growth. And today is Sunday, October 23. And we are celebrating the Scorpio New Moon that's happening in two days. Yesterday was the beginning of a hundred year cycle with Venus when it conjunct the Sun for a Venus star point, something that people are beginning to wonder, what does that mean? What is that? It's a point. It's about relationships because it's in Libra and it's going to be following us at some point. But today is a Scorpio solar eclipse when the moon shields the light of the sun and the lights go out to reboot. It happens twice a year with the sun And it's one of those rhythms that connect us. And where it is in the chart, always that matters. As far as it offers a window to let go and break away from the past because something better in Scorpio wants to feed you, wants to to answer that hunger that you might have for something deep and passionate that gives you life, a resource. Okay, no more to be said because we are now ready for archetypal symbols. Synthesizing the current archetypal new moon energies through weaving symbol systems, such as Sabian symbols, numerology, Mayan novel energy days, or even tarot, connecting to the astrological data and concepts for planets and cosmos, this is your Archetypal Symbols panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, a professional astrologer, intuitive, numerologist, and tarot reader. I'm a certified sacred healing counselor, providing nurturing in-depth consultations for individuals and couples. I'm an author, blogger, speaker, and international Reiki master and teacher. I create safe space in which to explore the deeper patterns of your life, to clarify your current circumstances and help you find your best path forward. And I'm Justin Crocodilzi, an archetypal astrologer, teacher, and author. I combine both Western ancient astrology and modern psychological astrology with Eastern Vedic astrology. And I specialize in predictive, electional, and karmic astrology for individuals and couples. I'm a certified aromatherapist and essential oil specialist and an herbalist, and I offer remedial modalities of plants for psychological life issues to empower clients with compassionate healing. 
I also do in-depth astrological research into arcane astrological concepts, focusing on the mystical, occult side of astrology. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. And that's why it's called the present. Ta-da! I always like get the bugles blowing. Today's subject centers on some interpretation of the Sabian symbols, which we will explain a little bit more about. These are mystical metaphors. Nostalgia community ceremony. Essentially, the way we brought that, or I brought that title up, was that we're breaking from a nostalgic past for cooperative joint efforts including ceremony, but it is all about relationships. So, hello, Justin. Hello, Liz. Hey. <laughs> it's good to be Hi. back. Yes. Yep. It's like, it totally is. And I think we are going to start with numerology. Is that right? Maybe we should get these slides up and we'll just jump right in. So there we are, folks. For those people that are on podcast, if you get a chance to see the YouTube, you can see all the glory. Um, here, this is credits to Liz, who provides all this great material, and I arrange it. And this is how to contact everybody. So here we are, number two. So we chose the number two because the sun, moon, and Venus are at two degrees. And the number two is about duality, relationships, cooperation, partnerships, moon, the peacemaker, and, and very intuitive. Because it's self and others and because peacemaker with Venus, I would think, is how we were thinking of that. And, of course, Dian and Yang is part of that duality and relationships. It all ties together. Just exactly. So. Yep. Totally agree with what Liz said. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, then we'll... So two is really a fascinating number because it really has a lot to do with Aries and Libra to begin with in astrology and here's a tarot card for two the high priestess moon mystery that's why it was chosen i'm sure is because of the moon and mystery because it keeps changing i would suppose and things may not be how they appear divine wisdom knowledge hidden behind the veil i'd like to hear more well, she holds um, a lot of secrets and knowledge, the high priestess. She has like a direct line to uh, whether it's God or goddess or a higher power or whatever you might call it. How about you, Justin? Well, yeah, just a little bit of uh, uh, history here. Before she was called the high priestess, it was the papal, the papal peace, the the female pope and so this is or the the partner to the hierophant or the male pope and the so it's that divine feminine spirituality that that we're all tapping into with this moon it's amazing it is i know that pulling a card in the high arcana she's a major arcana she's quite uh, revered if that's your card for instance if you read that there is um, but I like this of the thank you for both your takes. Well, then the next card of focus we have is Mars, because looking at Scorpio, it's a traditional ruler. 
And Liz, you brought up the tower because Mars is going to have some action and it's a breakdown, ending, rebuilding. The tower is often misrepresented. I know that. It's a release. There's two people there falling. One is looking at what is happening and letting go of the crown. And the other one's like, no, I'm not seeing anything. I'm holding on to my crown. I'm going to continue being the same thing. But it is a release. So we have that choice I put of hanging on or letting go. Well, and it also goes with the Sabian symbol that we're going to talk about later is the nostalgic. It's like holding on or, you know, change. Um, if we're comfortable where we're at, it's we don't initiate to make changes easily. Which sometimes it's just time to change. And so it's going to be hard to hold on because we have to go with the change. We have to evolve, transmute. Well, I love that, but I love the fact too, it's Mars because in Gemini right now, which we'll discover, it, there's so much diversity. There's lots of opportunity coming our way. Justin, did you have something too that you wanted to add? No, I think she stated right. And I like how she used the, uh, Liz used the word transmute because that's really what Scorpio is calling us to do. It's kind of giving us, um, you know, it's here we are presented with another change another end of a cycle with the moon right and and it's giving us a technique and says hey you gotta let go one okay. door closes one has some open right yep so here we have the great scorpio which the sign of which this solar eclipse is in with the south node in scorpio it's within 15 degrees when this solar eclipse occurs when the sun's light is blocked, which normally is always happening with a new moon, but it doesn't become an eclipse. It's only when it has that orbital junction with the south node, which is the path of the moon and the sun. So it, the point is death can be misrepresented many times. There's the physical death, but it does represent such a phase of depth, depth ending and beginnings. So release, transformation, transmutation, read, and I added regeneration. Well, that's good. And it can also, with an eclipse, even though this one's a partial one, it can be the death of the, the light of the sun for a moment in time. It could be, you know, half an hour, uh, just depending. But, you know, so it's like yesterday has died. We can't get yesterday back. So it doesn't have to be a physical death, even though in the card it shows, you know, some people laying there on the ground and it looks like somebody's died, but it doesn't have to be a physical death at all. No. Yeah. And for those yeah. people that have experienced possible losses, we do extend our compassion greatly to your situation because we can't know everybody's life. I know that it can be quite a sensitive, you know, a lot involved but regardless of what we're letting go when you think of all the habits and the, the the world that we've built around that perspective perhaps it can seem really like a death waiting for something new to come so it can be quite heavy too even on a non-physical terms well and thinking on the tower card and the death card um I believe in Italy, the volcano is going off or there's been rumblings, there's earthquakes and also in Hawaii that there's been a lot of earthquakes around the volcanoes. So, you know, there's some activity going on in there. Um, but, you know, as it erupts, it creates new land. So yes. And regeneration. 
And that could be, again, we have these powerful aspects occurring between the planets. Like just yesterday, we had that Venus star point where the sun and Venus are so Kazemi in this for 150 years, it has not been in Libra. But at the same time, Kazemi within two minutes was Haumea, which is an outer planet, a dwarf planet, which always involves absolute transformational transmutation. Haumea being of Hawaii, that's what reminded me of birthing. She birthed Pele, thank you, through Kilauea, the, the, the volcano. So yeah, birthing is a process. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um Hamea is the goddess of fire and earth. And so it's like really easy, the symbolism in a volcano to see, you know, it is earth, but it's also fire because the lava and all the energy that comes out of a volcano. So that's always a good analogy. Yes. And I will add for those people interested in Hamea or thinking about it, she burst everything. Hamea, Pele was the only one that she birthed as a natural through the womb, as the mythology goes. Everything else was from her leg or her arm or something, but birthing. So you can birth in many ways. All right. Sabian symbols. This slide we keep up every session. Elsie Wheeler, a clairvoyant, 1925, with the acclaimed astrologer Mark Edmund Jones, similar to the wonderful English astrologer Mark Jones these days. But a single Sabian symbol represents, an, it's an image, a spiritual essence for each of the 360 degrees of the entire 12 sign zodiac horoscope offering a spiritual insight and expression of energies. Should I go next? Yes. So here is the chart. And it we're talking about the East Coast chart on October 25th in three days, two days. And in the morning at 6 a.m., that's 6.48 a.m. and 30 seconds. So it has a rising sign of 23 degrees Libra, which we will discuss. And for those of the people that don't know where the rising sign is, it's at nine o'clock if you looked at the clock. So that that's where the ascendant and that's the eastern horizon. Yes, on a on a standard clock, uh, mm -hmm. the wall clock. And what was I going to say? Oh, that Venus rules that ascendant and that as justin had brought up there is a focus on relationships immediately just knowing that it is in libra right and that, it, mm -hmm. oh go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> well i was just gonna quickly say that scorpio that and but the sign of the solar eclipse in scorpio also involves mars and pluto as traditional and modern ruler yes Oh, no. And I was just going to piggyback on what Liz was saying, you know, uh, for those who are new to astrology, that the, the ascendant is the important thing to look at. And pretty much first in the chart, because it, it is the, the eastern horizon and it sets the tone for the whole chart. A lot of times it's our, our, our you know, right at the, at the point of birth there. Beautiful. Wow. Here we are. Ascendant 23 degrees Libra, which also involves part of fortune and Liz you're so brilliant you discovered that it's always in a solar a, a new moon 
conjunct the ascendant. There's a formula of it that involves a sun, moon, and ascendant. And for new moons, it's always at the ascendant. So it's also at 23 degrees Libra. And Mercury is immediately behind one degree at 22. So go ahead, Liz. Okay, so we'll read those all together. So Libra at 21, a Sunday crowd enjoying the beach. A revivifying contact with the mother force of nature and of social togetherness, the collective unconsciousness. Um, do you want me to keep reading or does well, anybody want I, And I will comment? say to people that it, when you look at Sabians, because spirit really is a change, it's a the world, everything is change. And so therefore we look at the degree previous, that degree and the degree afterwards. Linda Hill calls it the karma, the Sabian and the quest. That's one, that's Linda with a Y besides Dane Rujhar, which is also two of the great sources. There's many for these Sabians besides Edmund Jones. So therefore, because we're spanning this close conjunction at the ascendant between 22 and 23, it's choosing 21. So uh, go ahead, you do the next one, then I, I guess I can do the last two or so. Okay, Libra 22 is a child giving birds a drink at a fountain. The concern of simple souls for the welfare and happiness of less evolved beings who thirst for life renewal. So that would be the 22 degrees and also for the Mercury and then just prior to the ascendant. So the actual ascendant of 23 degrees and then where Mercury is headed to is Chandelier's Voice, Herald's Sunrise, Libra 23. And the keynote that you indicated was a creative and joyous response to life's processes and renewal seems indicative of the whole sun-moon experience. And 24, where this ascendant is actually leading towards in the quest, is a butterfly with a third wing on its left side for 24 Libra. And the keynote thoughts to keep in mind is the ability to develop for inner strengthening new modes of response to basic life situations. So these all, to me, speak of um, you know, some new beginnings and rejuvenation, renewal, transformation. So it it's just all repeating with the tarot cards and the, uh, the numerology and the astrology. It's like talking and reinforcing that. I And I would agree with Les. I think that's it's giving us sort of uh, a snapshot of what is to come, what's happening, what is to come and how important relationships are and uh and 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 to have that inner stability i you know for people that uh, are new to astrology the part of fortune um, gives you the insight into how a person what makes them happy or what's the happiness and of course that part of fortune in libra is all about intimate relationships or intimate associations i should say friends and everything else so i i totally agree with what liz was her her thoughts on that 23 Libra also happens to be a fixed star, Spica, S-P-I-C-A, one of the brightest stars at 
for use for navigation and is a very fortunate star also. So there's that energy involved with this because change, and particularly when one's letting go of deep-seated, hidden things that become evident, can be quite a trial, but that's rather a bit of a promise, I think. You know, can I can I also say one mm-hmm. thing? I think it's yes. really positive about this that, you know, here we were dealing with, you know, the death card and all this scorpionic energy. I think the, the positive thing coming out of this is that we're not going through this change alone and that mm-hmm. we've got people around us. Uh, for the most part, a lot of us do. We just sometimes don't recognize we've got people around us that we can that are going through changes at the same time that we could lean on or, or uh, it's all about, you know, going through this change with other people and not alone. I think that's the positive and thing. That's beautiful, Justin, because as we go ahead with the Sabians, that seems to be very evident, especially for the actual solar eclipse. And what I notice here is if you think of a, a crowd enjoying the beach, childs and birds at a fountain, a chandelier's voice with the sunrise, even a butterfly. All this is like incorporating the self with the joyfulness of somehow experiencing life, just life. There is that, yeah, throughout it all. Okay, so we have here, as you wizards know and have indicated to me, the MC, which is a midheaven, which is 26 Cancer. Yes, and the midheaven is at the top of the chart. So we have Cancer 25, a willful man is overshadowed by a descent descent of superior power. The response of spiritual forces to the integration of personality through positive, willful endeavors. And then maybe Jesse wants to read to the next one. Yeah. I can't. It's too small. <laughs> okay. Oh, Liz, okay. I'm going to go, Liz. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, guests are reading in the library of a luxury, luxurious home. The transference of social privilege to the level in, of intellectual enjoyment. And I will jump in here. That was Cancer 26. So in other words, folks, that is the actual uh, Mid-heaven. sign. Well, it is a sign, but I'm just trying to think of a Sabian. It's not really the Sabian is the next one. Cancer at 27, where it's going towards a violent storm in a canyon filled with expensive homes. And the keynote indication of this is it's a confrontation with a social upheaval demanding the reconsideration of static values which is another part, you know, cancer is always involved with security. And of course, with Venus, which rules the Libra, it can also involve the financial elements, but it's values. You know, Taurus is value, the other sign that rules Venus. I'm just thinking of the of the themes that are going here. But this is like, so in other words, the midheaven, that midheaven that is that's where we want to participate in the, a lot of people say career, but it's not always career, but it's how we're participating with the social uh, structures of life is, let's, let's interpret this. Let's make it, bring it home. I I sometimes like to, and I'm curious what Liz thinks. I sometimes think of the mid heaven is really what ultimately the soul is trying to accomplish, you Mm. know, 
what it, what is that ultimate higher lesson or what is the soul trying to accomplish? Well put. So what would you say here if with that? I like that. Yes. Justin, about the cancer. Um, I'd be curious woeful. what Liz, Liz thinks about this. Okay. Go ahead, Liz. <laughs> I want to hear Liz. <laughs> well, it's like we're, I would say with the 25 cancer, the, the superior powers that could be our rulers, and then the 26 cancer, um, reading in a library. So I would say it's educating ourselves and the 27 degree cancer of violent storms, which we know we're having earth changes here in Seattle. We've just had our first rain after about four months. So it's like environmental things taking place. And it's like, how do we take care of ourselves and the environment? And yeah. I would, I would agree with that. And I, I would just add, I, you know, being a cancer myself, I, I, <laughs> I, there's something here about how we are dealing with the change emotionally, you know, that integrating of that, uh, uh, the personality and positive, positive, healthy emotions through the change is what yeah, I would right add off, to that as well. That's a good point because right off the bat at 25 degrees, it's saying that, uh, there is, but it, it, but to me, looking at this, it's interesting. It's spiritual forces that we're integrating, but through a positive actions. And then that guests are reading, it's that social privilege to the level of intellectual. So in other words, if we are integrating something, it appears that it's to our benefit as far as, because there's privileges involved. And it's on, an, and you know, life isn't all intellectual by any means, but if we can understand more, it does help guide us. But then it is really, this is, I think, a complex degree. That's my take on it, because it's not a simple thing. It's not like a full story changing. There's that confrontation with social upheaval. So there's a lot of other you know, the very first time it's overshadowed by a descent of superior power. Well, superior power could also be the spiritual, you know, here. And so they're trying to rise to the occasion. And I guess maybe in doing so, then having to change society too. Would you both say that possibly? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, marching along. <laughs> <laughs> here we are back to our great economy. Eclipse chart, 6.48 in the morning, Washington, D.C., for the nation. And we are now looking at the where the arrow is, the two-degree Scorpio, which is the exact, no minutes, two degrees, zero minutes. And Venus, just at two degrees, 39 minutes. So here we yeah, go. Venus is still in the heart of the sun. So that's really... A cool thing because she's not quite Kazemi anymore, but she's still in the heart of the sun until it's one degree. Um, so the moon, sun, and Venus at two degrees, we start out with Scorpio one, a crowded sightseeing bus on a city street, expanding one's social horizon to experience the collective achievements and new ways of life. And Scorpio okay. two, a delicate bottle of perfume lies broken releasing its fragrance, the accidental nature of opportunities that impel one to break away from a past, the remembrance of which is still poignant and cherished. Poignant. Oh, what a nice word. Scorpio 3, which is the quest where it's headed, or 
it could anyway house raising party in a small village enlists the neighbors cooperation the keynote is a feeling of community so this really is the soul of the chart in many ways right this is the scorpio two degrees a little before a little after well and i will say that we've been probably expanding our views and ways of life already I mean, that's kind of been happening like we were in lockdown for a little while and now we're not in lockdown from the covid we're past that and so um and i like the the perfume bottle because it reminds me of aromatherapy which i know justin is familiar with with essential oils and so um the smells whether it's cooking or a flower or a perfume it like brings up things you know when it just brings up memories let's say memories and then the community i like the community like engaging the help of others so i think we need the help of other people yeah i i totally agree and you know i think what's interesting is is that this is good um, you know i always look at those first degrees of scorpio or whatever sign it is as sort of the ace of the the whole the whole constellation and you know so we look at this one degree that's this intensity uh, it's the ace of all that scorpionic energy that wants this intense widening of experience and what better plan to have right there with it but venus which is about desires you know and so i think this is really intensely um pushing us to change and to to move out of this post or you know this it's part of this post-pandemic period yeah and what i love is again it's heading towards that community and i know that it's been uh, mentioned over and over again just coming up to this the idea that we're not alone you know, Justin, you were bringing that up, that, you know, the, the sense of togetherness. And of course, Libra itself is the ascendant is like myself and another. You're thinking about another person. So here actually having a community which is potent. And one last thought about, I agree that that broken, this that image has really remained with me about the perfume because I used to love to sm I love aromas and they like music they just bring back so much like whole pictures and but the fact is as one is leaving anything which we all have with COVID and we continue to do I know I experience this um, very consciously there's sometimes a, a, a sweetly held cherished is a great word you know of a of a memory that 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 one holds yet so i think this is pretty powerful it's uh it's, oh shall we go on to our break <laughs> sure. sounds good okay all right well thank you everybody we'll be right back this is archetypal symbols with justin crockett elsie and elizabeth muchette and myself sue rose minahan talk cosmos for the two degree Scorpio eclipse. And we'll be back finishing this spiritual account and story. See you again. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. 
We are currently in the yin period of Scorpio, traditionally ruled by Mars, now ruled by Pluto. By departing a cycle based on comparison between extreme energies, finding balance, Scorpio commits a relationship to exchange resources, experiencing power and powerlessness for the purpose of soul growth transformation. As a fixed water sign that is extreme, intense, and secretively deep, Scorpio's passionate nature questions the psychology and mystery concerning life and death. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's an encore presentation of Animal World. Tune in to hear our last healing show with Dr. Nels Rasmussen and Linda Rasmussen in the studio. Together, they help listeners and their animal friends with emotional, behavioral, and physical issues. And you can receive a healing just by listening and tuning in to what Linda's saying. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Talk Cosmos is celebrating its sixth season and has a special gift for everyone listening to the show. A free mini transit reading from your natal chart. This reading can help you discover your life path forward and make you aware of current opportunities and challenges. Talk Cosmos Kaleidoscope Visions panel invites you to participate in this learning experience and to interact with the astrologers reading your chart in 2023 during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show. Schedule your mini transit reading and find more information about the panel at TalkCosmos.com. We look forward to connecting with you for a free natal chart mini transit reading during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show at 1 p.m. Pacific on Top Cosmos. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Okay, we're back. Now, before we get started, I want to ask both of you, just if you have anything coming up immediately, Justin? What what have you that maybe people might want to share in? Uh, not really, not too much. Just (laughs) (laughs) I'm just really uh, knee deep in in, um, doing uh, consultations, uh, you know, predictive for the coming year for people. So that's basically okay. And I know you're revamping your website and that you have a class, but that all that will happen. So that's good. And Liz, I yourself, I know that you've got a. a, a book club but what about this talk about maybe getting a community meeting that might be happening i mean a conversation discussion period in january i'm going to start a group and sue and justin um, kind of assist me with that of an astrological topic once a month on the second thursday of the month and um, i'll have more information on that next month for everybody and i'm working on some classes for the beginning of the year too so 
more information to come. Oh, goody. Well, it sounds good. I'm in the moment of writing and we'll see what happens because I have a book in mind, but then sometimes I think I need to start actually writing more blogs and comments and things. <laughs> so, but you know, with Mars and Gemini right now, aren't we all? It's just like, my goodness. Well, let's jump right back to our story. We actually did very well with the chart. We did, um, here's our chart again. And we've done the ascendant, that Eastern point where the light comes in, births a chart. We're in relationships. It's 23 with Spica. The fixed star, it's going to have, well, rest assured, some fortuitous um, energies. And Mercury is right in there in its brainstorm. It's also at 22. And then we have the midheaven, which, as Justin well put, it's where we want to, and I can never say it as well, want to be involved with our how we're going to show ourselves in the community of, of, of structured social groups. And that's in cancer. It's going to have feelings. It's going to have a story. It's going to have roots. It's going to change. And it's going to incorporate the outside world because of its location, which is not just in our private world, but with other people. So then we jumped into the actual solar eclipse, which is right there in the first house of self for the entire country, as this chart represents back in D.C., and it's more relationships, intense. It's like consummation. And our, is it working for us? Like, we want to have it support us. So that's where we were talking because Venus is in there too, showing the way underground, like mining our values. So unless somebody has something more to say, shall we go on and see what other uh, uh, plant? Yes, go ahead. Planets. So, yes, about the relationships and Scorpio's like taking a deep look at what those relationships are and are those still sustainable? Is it even, do I still want to go there? If not, you can work on it to improve it or maybe it's time to start letting go of some of those relationships and really work to make time and open the door for things that you want to work on or be involved in. Yeah. 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 Enjoy. Uh, yeah, I think it's fascinating that Venus is so closely united with it. It's very powerful. And, you know, there is that mythology of Inanna back in Mesopotamia and early years, 5,000 years ago, where she descends because Venus as a, as a planet called the star is either bright at night for long periods or less in the morning and then absent for times. She has a very secular orbit. But the point is, is that in this story of Anana, she sheds clothing as she must descend to visit her sister. And it's her, the, the clothing represent parts of herself that, of, of, of meaningfulness, you know, that she's getting to her core. So at any rate, that is what, in a sense, we're doing, I think, in Scorpio is got our flashlight. We're down there figuring out what didn't I see that's stumbling me. I'm going to change it. <laughs> okay. So we're going to Mars at 25 degrees of Gemini. And Mars is stationing right now and on the 30th goes retrograde. 
Um, and so 24 Gemini children skating over frozen village pond use of inhibiting circumstances for the development of character and a transcendent approach to the environment. And I can read the next one. I actually brought it up larger now. If you want Good. To. All right. Goody. So Gemini 25 is a gardener trimming a large palm trees, bringing under control nature's power of expansion or keyword being pruning. That's good. Well, I suppose I'll do Gemini 26, where it's headed. Frost-covered trees against winter skies, sort of where you are there, possibly, Justin, back in New York. Keynote, the revelation of archetypal form and essential rhythm of existence. Well, and it's interesting, you know, 24 and 26, a frozen pond and frost-covered trees kind of speak of the winter season. So I find that very interesting. And I have to laugh about trimming a palm tree because um, if you trim very much back, you could easily kill a palm tree. But I think what they're referring to is, you know, the dead palm leaves is that they're taking them out before that they fall out. So but I had to laugh about that. Well, it is because if well, you don't, and, you know, they, go no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say palm trees, having lived down in Mexico and then even here in Hawaii, but more in Mexico, they're not always trimmed and they hang because a tree keeps building and it's always at the top, but the dead ones just hang. And I have seen palm trees with the entire tall, because they can grow very tall. I mean, 40 feet you know, easily. And the whole thing is covered with these fronds, which they're called down and of course then the rodents and whatnot can climb up and down and whatnot but the aesthetics so it is yeah mm. you know i was going to say um because i have personal experience with these these uh saving symbols because this is my mercury <laughs> so you know it's i always tell people if you have these there it's it's it really kind of speaks to um you know as we because Gemini is about communications and our thinking, our mind, it's very mercurial. So there's something that um, in this period with Mars in this, that we're going to encounter uh, things that we have to confront mentally, you know, and that pruning, I always tell people, it's like clearing the hard drive. I have to clear the, the brain. I have to just clean it out, prune it, clean it out of what I'm thinking, let go of those thoughts. And, and so this is, these three saving symbols I'm intimately aware with. It's kind of always about reassessing your thinking, letting go of old thoughts, and and you will go through some things that change your perspective or your thinking. That's that's how I've 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 experienced these three saving symbols. I like that. Yep, pruning. Liz, I think you had something a thought. <laughs> well I just like the, the, the frozen pond because maybe you were gonna take your little um battery operated little boat down and you wanted to like do run it on the pond but now you have to adjust and now you could you know if it was frozen good enough you can skate on it so it's like it has right. a multiple use depending on the environment so right. i just love the environmental connection there well mars at 25 degrees as you were saying it's stationary and it's holding there until it has that apparent retrograde, which will be on the 30th, is very strong degree. So 
it's true. And it's not far. Yes, I experiencing this too. So we also have Pluto, which is the modern ruler of Scorpio. I love Pluto. And it's 26 degrees Capricorn. It's been in Capricorn since 2008 and will continue until March of next year when it goes into Aries for a bit, then to go, and then finally in 24, it'll stay in Aquarius. But we have the degree 25, which is just before, 26, which it is, and 27, which is headed. Go ahead, Liz. Start us off. Okay, with Capricorn 25, a store filled with precious oriental rugs. And the keynote is the use of cultural and artistic processes as a means to enhance personal comfort and appreciation. And Justin? And Capricorn 26 degrees is a nature spirit dancing in the iridescent mists of a waterfall. Keynote being the ability to perceive the hidden and creative spirit of natural phenomenon. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Capricorn 27. It's headed pilgrims climbing a steep steps leading to a mountain shrine. Keynote. The ascent of the individualized consciousness to the highest realizations reached by the spiritual leaders of his culture. Oh, my goodness. So there's hope yet. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I suppose. Yeah. How can we tie these together going from which one looks like the material part, right? It's precious oriental rugs. Those are what have a lot of value from a cultural and artistic but then it goes to the nature uh, dancing, which is like, <laughs> that's really beautiful, iridescent and a waterfall. So it's like the hidden part. And then it goes, the people decide, I mean, I, I'm just recapping this, eager to hear the two of you, climbing this momentous mountain to reach something of sacredness. Well, to me, it reminds me of evolving. It's like we're here now and it's like then we go to the next step and like be aware of our natural environment where we've kind of lost that over the generations. But then it's like to even climb higher to higher to a spiritual realm, so to speak. Yeah, there's a clicking. Is there a clicking somewhere? Is that me? No, that oh. was me. Sorry, oh, it was the pen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me. You caught You're me. climbing those mountains. Ring, uh, ring, ring, ring. Yeah. <laughs> I heard so, you. <laughs> so, um, you know, because Pluto moves so slow, you know, we, I think these Sabian symbols kind of are like the longer theme, the long game of what's going on here. You know, not just this moon, but the past three or four moons mm. and the next three or four moons. This is sort oh, of the right long game, the long game theme here that of, of um, how we, how we are going for in our daily lives of trying to experience everything and be in tune with nature on the planet and, and to ascend to a certain level, you know? Yeah. And the, actually too, because the natal, Pluto is at 27 degrees Capricorn. This is a, its journey also that we're doing on a huge scale. Very well put. Maybe we should jump to the next. Well, we, now we're back to our chart just to refresh people because we're going to look and see. Here's Pluto down at the very uh, at bottom the IC, of the chart. Yeah, at the bottom of the chart, just entering that private 
area of our own roots. And then we have Mars up there in the eighth still of our resources and exchange and deep secretive areas too. Okay. How they're working Mm -hmm. is they're in a quincunx or an inconjunct. So they're in an adjustment phase. Yes. They're juggling between each other, trying to find common ground, which in a sense they are. They're both wanting change, but they do it in different ways. One through, I think, the assertiveness of changing an action, which obviously has a result. And the other one of this deep mining process of psychological depth of of um, hopefully that's the highest thing and not revenge, right? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Okay. So we have here Neptune. And I think also, because if we look at that chart, I'm going to hear oh, what happened there. You can see that they are some, well, they're seven degrees apart, but Jupiter is in retrograde and it's going to return to Pisces. So it's sitting in our sixth and fifth houses, which is our daily routine and manifestation of creative interests. Right. And that Mars and Jupiter, Neptune are square to each other. So they're in an adjustment period also. So um, Jupiter retrograde at 29 Pisces, light breaking into many colors through a prism. The keynote is an analytical power of the mind necessary for the formation of life processes in their many aspects. Do you want to read the next one, Justin? Uh, We're doing Jupiter, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the Pisces, uh, 30 degrees, is a majestic rock formation resembling a face is idealized by a boy who takes it as his ideal of greatness as he grows up begins to look like it. So it's the power of clearly visualized ideals to mold the life of the visualizer. That's good. I remember going through these Sabians before because as we know, just to comment the obvious, Jupiter also is rather slow, but it is in that retrograde process. And so it's returning to these points that we've visited before back in oh the spring. And so if if it's familiar. So it's at looking at one degrees Aries, a woman just risen from the sea. A seal is embracing her. And the keynote of that is emergence of new forms and of the potentiality of consciousness, consciousness, which means all of these energies will be returned to as it finally goes back to its, um, I think in, uh, let's see, it goes back in, uh, it, it, it starts to return. I've got all the dates of when it goes back. Well, okay. and I just want to go back to the Pisces 29 of um, the prisms and the color. It's like, to me, that reminds me of looking at things in from a different view. It's like, how could I look at this in a different view or listen to somebody describe it in a different way? It's being, to me, being a little bit more open-minded. Yeah, and I I would agree. And I think it kind of speaks to what we see archetypically with these these planets squaring, you know, Mars being our drive, our mojo, our forward effort and movement. And it's in Gemini. And we know it's going through a little bit of 
pruning and needing to kind of re-see things from a different perspective, just like that 29 degrees in the Jupiter. But it's squaring Jupiter, which says, hey, I want to make sure you have things are going to go well here with Neptune, the collective, and let's start these new projects and let's grow. But it's going retrograded. So it's we're 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 having to reevaluate, reevaluate something right now, the way we're thinking, the way we're communicating and evaluating new projects because we know Jupiter and Aries wants to start new projects and new things and and get going and but it's kind of saying well before we kind of move into this change we need to do some clearing of the hard drive um and and prune and and reevaluate maybe what we're starting in the new uh, new 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 cycle and that's that's kind of what i see with these squaring these planets that's excellent all of this and at, at the follow-up with a woman raising from the sea reminds me of Venus as, you know, the mythology does include that, of course, she comes from the sea and the fact that this there's a lot of potential. We have a few minutes. Let's finish with, did we get to Neptune? Oh, Uranus. Well, let's see. Maybe we can do this pretty quick. Let's can go, to, go the back to the chart. Okay. Because I want to mention about Mars also has a trine with um, the Ascendant and Mercury. And it's also trine um, Saturn and Vesta. So we have an air grand trine. So it's like our thoughts, our information. Um, and even though Mars is retrograde, um, Saturn just went direct yesterday, actually. So it's like there's all this information coming through. So it's not just that we have adjustments to make. It's like, yes, we have adjustments to make, but we can use the information that we can gain and gather to make, you know, great decisions and, you know, really find out new things. It's like, it's really pushing us in that direction. Beautiful. And I and, have, and, and we're not alone in it. We're, you know, back to the relationship. There's somebody there with us, helping us. And that's, that was, you know, back to the chart. Um, just to kind of piggyback on what Liz is saying, you know, we've got that that Mars, even though it's it's retrograding and Jupiter's retrograding and it's reevaluating, there's a trying to that vertex point in Juno, which is saying, you know, there's going to be some people there, relationships there to help ah. us through this period. Yep. You know? And uh, jumping into Saturn really fast, I'll just because we have about a minute, that energy that's in that trine that flow of energy that's all in the mental air that's really good from the top to the entrance of of the ascendant of unmasking so really we are and and it may we may feel we needed that protection but it's really uh moving along in a very positive way it's uh finding out okay i think we're finished with all these slides Thank you, uh, Nathan. We can put those away. And look forward to seeing everybody next month. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. This is this is a powerful eclipse. We're going to continue with this for, I mean, they say a couple of weeks. But if it touches your chart, which I think it has for all of us, I know that it's, the ascent, it, it's resonating with my chart a lot, uh, will be... Reflecting on this story of, of bringing in more folks, right? <laughs> okay, bye for now.
Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Justin. All right. This is now we'll come back again with archetypal symbols. Check us out on the website. Follow us, subscribe, and we'll be returning with Justin Crockett Elsie and Liz Elizabeth Mouchette. Thank you. Joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.